Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Thursday, February 8th, presented by Boston Hemp, Inc., Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Thursday card. We have a really, really great card of action tonight in the NHL. I've got some really good games, uh, for sure. We've got some really good betting opportunities, certainly a lot more than we saw in particular uh, last night uh, on the small uh, three-game slate. So uh, we are definitely uh, looking forward uh, to be uh, breaking down this Thursday uh, NHL card. Uh, I do want to mention one thing, just a, an item that I think I want to mention because uh, we've obviously had a hellacious month, yours truly, with these uh, social media accounts. Uh, there's clearly been a vicious attack on me as far as Twitter and X uh, is concerned. That account was hacked weeks ago uh, and compromised, and I've abandoned it because now it's just spamming crypto shit. I think it's basically a spam bot thing now that's taken over that. So I've had to restart my Twitter X account, which, as you know now, is Apple Bano Bets. Unfortunately, that same situation that led to the Twitter X abandonment also took over my original YouTube channel. So we had to shut that down as well. So I've had to start a brand new YouTube channel. There it is on the screen, uh, youtube.com slash at Bobano bets. Okay. That's where all my other sports betting content outside of the ice guys uh, will be moving forward in the, all the other sports. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to that channel there for the meantime, I'll also be, uh, simulcasting my content on the Ice Guys channel just for the next month or two until we build up the audience on the new YouTube channel that I've just created. So again, youtube.com slash at Bobano Bets uh, is where you can find uh, that new personal YouTube channel where I'll have all the other content. Just wanted to mention that. Uh, let's talk Wednesday, NHL. Uh, obviously, last night uh, we had a very uh, it was a pretty entertaining night. Lightning and Rangers was a pretty good hockey game. The magic of Jonathan Quick rolls along. Another very solid performance for him in net and another New York Ranger win. That's two in a row coming out of the All-Star break. Three in a row overall for the Rangers as they take care of Tampa Bay last night. Dallas-Toronto, a very entertaining game. Um, I, I, I'm, I apologize for being so indecisive on the show uh, about this game. I ended up as the... You know, after the show ended and I started to see the lineup information, we finally got Wedgwood confirmed. I really started to get on liking goals in that game. And on the Patreon page, I which I, when I when I posted the card for Alex and I uh, yesterday, I ended up on over first period, both teams to score first period and over six and a half. And I'm really pissed off that I didn't like it early enough that I mentioned it on the show yesterday. It was one of those things where it's just closer to the game. You start to like something more last minute when you see the lineups. And that's exactly what happened with that Leaf Stars game. So that was the one game that ended up going quite well. We had the first period over, both teams to score. If you're a Patreon member, you would have seen it. I want to point that out because uh, it was on the card that was posted on the page last night, as well as the six and a half over. You know, I just felt Wedgwood, you know, in the back-to-back, -back, Dallas would be a little more aggressive offensively after giving up 48 the other night they were. I knew Toronto would be looking to throw a lot at the net after losing to the Islanders. So kind of set up nicely for some goals. And look, Toronto played a really good game, uh, especially after the bad first period they had, but they were the better team in the last two periods. But no classic Toronto Maple Leafs, they can't make it easy uh, on their fans. They get it to 5-3 with those two quick goals. Dallas makes it interesting 5-4. 
but they hang on. I thought for a minute Dallas might have tied it there and get that draw as well in that game. But Leafs hang on for a 5-4 win. What is getting concerning is, well, what's great, there's good news, bad news for Toronto. The great news is that was a dominant night for all their top players. I've never seen their top players in a long time play that good collectively yeah. in the same game. Nylander, Matthews, Marner, Tavares, all four of those guys were spectacular, and they all made an impact last night for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But the negative is all of a sudden they're getting zero offense from their third and their fourth line. And it's becoming a major problem. Bertuzzi hasn't scored in eons. Domi hasn't scored in eons. Uh, Nyes is really ice cold right now. And I'm, I'm giving him a bit of a break. He's just, remember, he's a rookie straight out of college. It's his first full NHL season. And I'm giving him a little bit of a pass. But what's Domi's excuse? Bertuzzi's excuse. These guys haven't scored it from forever for this Toronto team. I mean, Bertuzzi in particular, he's got one goal in his last 27 games for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And that's certainly not what they signed up for when they paid him north of $5 million this year uh, for the Leafs. So they definitely need a little bit more depth scoring. They're not getting it right now. But the big guns, uh, the top, the core fours, they call them in Toronto, they were awesome last night, and that was uh, enough for them to beat Dallas 5-4. And then we saw Minnesota, not pretty, but they get the job done against Chicago 2-1 to one last night. They dominated the first period. You know, if not for Peter Morozik, that could have been a lot worse uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, but I thought Chicago played well in the last two periods. But again, just not enough finish right now uh, offensively for this team, other than a puck that bounced right over to Nick Foligno, and he was able to bury it for the uh, only Chicago goal last night. It's just very tough sledding for this team, you know, to be able to score goals right now. The highlight of the game was undoubtedly one of the better fights I've seen this season in the NHL. It had to be. It was absolutely terrific. It was Jared Tenorti and Marcus Foligno, and it was a big boy, not for the faint of heart, scrap between these two. They were chucking bombs. They were throwing blows big time, exchanging massive uh, punches back and forth. And what I love is it was a lengthy uh, tilt. You know, the officials did the, finally did their job the right way. They stood back. They let those two big guys go at it. Uh, it was an absolutely outstanding. It was one of the better fights I've seen in the NHL this season. No question about it. And what I love, too, is hearing Darren Pang on the broadcast. He's just losing it. He's so excited watching that fight take place. Uh, and that's what I love about Pang. Are you, if you've listened to Pang or going back to when he was at ESPN the first time, 20, 25 years ago, all these years he's been doing regional broadcasts, the Blues most recently, and now the Blackhawks, he always gets into the fights. He always gets into the tilts, and that's what I love about Panger there, and he was definitely excited. I think we all were uh, watching that fight go down between Jared Tenorti and uh, Marcus Foligno. Great stuff, uh, and it's uh, just a reminder that uh, only in this sport can 1v1 to have a throwdown, have a fight, and all you get for it is a five-minute stay in the penalty box. That's your only penalty for it. Does it you don't see that in football. You don't see that in basketball. You don't see that in baseball. If two guys are ever going to fight, and you don't really have hardly ever see it but if it were to happen they're getting the book thrown at them they're getting a multi-game suspension you know and and that kind of stuff not in this sport and uh, that's why we still need it around in my opinion uh, alex uh, thoughts on last night and we can start with that game and, and it's funny because I, I went out last night and watched that game and kind of you know i think it's good to kind of give yourself a different perspective we you know just like we do with our bet cast it's a, it's a great time. We're all, you know, here and, and, and you know, having a sharing of the minds, meeting of the minds and making bets. Of course, then, the, you know, the average night we're just sitting here at our computers and phones. But sometimes getting out and watching the game just for a night can give you just a little bit different perspective. And that fight was one of the big things that I noticed with that contest. 
there was no energy from the Hawks at all in that first period. It was very minimal energy. Like I said, they were controlling the pace, but it wasn't a whole lot really being done by Minnesota. That fight jazzed up the rest of that game. And just like we talked about, uh, you know, with, over the last couple of weeks, how we've been seeing some good defensive games. They've been good games, but they've just been low scoring. That's what that game ended up being last night. It went from being a dull game with no scoring to a good game with no scoring because the pace increased once you saw that fight. And that was arguably fight of the year. Everybody was literally just, you know, there was almost no sound. Everybody was just turning and watching this fight and seeing how long it went. And that was a long fight, considering how fights go nowadays as well, too. You know, I said, you know, uh, you know, waving off the, the linesman. You don't get to see that too often these days. And, I mean, some real heavy punches thrown on both ends. So it was a great fight, and it's just it's good to see, like you said, having something that, that really sparks the team up. People always want to try to downplay that fights don't really do anything. And it's like, no, that fight changed the entire shift of uh, that game and kept the Hawks in that game, to be honest. Like you said, you know, Peter Morazic was excellent in the first period, but the rest of the team looked like shit. And they could have easily been down 4 nothing or 4-1 in that contest. Uh, and so they kept them in that game and, and made it a full 60-minute contest that was very exciting to watch. So, like I said, something that definitely needs to be part of the game moving forward. We should, we should not be losing that because those things do matter. At uh, Tampa Bay and New York game was a really good one as, as well. And we kind of anticipated that this had that kind of playoff feel. These are two teams that are familiar with each other, two teams that don't like each other. And it was a bit physical too, but it wasn't uh, overboard. Obviously, of course, uh, the Sergachev injury, that was just very hard to, to watch and, and see. And hope that you know he'll be uh, well and recover uh, sooner than later. That kind of took the air out of the sails with Tampa. And I said in our little DM, I said Rangers to score next goal. And sure enough, they did do that. Uh, but then I came back and had both teams to score in the third period, which cashed as well. So uh, that was a, a nice little uh, spot for me, even though I didn't hit with the draw. And like you said, you know, the point of having Patreon, one of the things with having the rundown is, like you said, if you add in things, you know, I had that with that correct score first period a while back with Chicago, Seattle. That was an add-on. That was something that we thought of late. We we think of so many plays and there's so many things we like on this show live. But there's some things that pop up later or some things that we kind of go back over and look and we add those in. And that's why subscribing to the Patreon is so important because you have some of those spots and, and some of those uh, those extra plays, some a some little bit more time to look at something and something else pops up and you have another idea. And that can lead to a wager. So, uh, you know, for a short night, it was an exciting night. And uh, I think it's going to be a really exciting night tonight with uh, some of the big games we got for this matchup. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it'll tend to, that was just a mini little appetizer. That was just, yeah, we got a, we got some hockey for you to, tonight. That's what last night was. We, we, got some, we got some NHL hockey last night. Tonight, we've got some serious, serious NHL hockey because we've got some, we've got multiple games that stand out right off the hop. And you know what? It's funny that one of them is going to lead us off here uh, for this uh, Thursday night card right away. This is a rematch of the 2011 Stanley Cup final, uh, one that our good friend Jimmy Murphy uh, covered, uh, of course, since he's been covering this Boston Bruins team for upwards of 20 years now. And they are in action tonight. And just like in 2011, when they were two of the best teams in the NHL. They are, once again, right now, two of the best teams in the NHL. Vancouver Canucks, Boston Bruins. Boston, minus 135 home favorites, six the total here in this game. Got to do it, Alex. Uh, I'm not turning down the Vancouver Canucks at a plus price. Uh, I will say that for – I will scream that from the heavens for the rest of the season. Whenever Vancouver's a plus price, it's a bet for me. And I actually did get in small on Vancouver, even with my reservations 
about you know the spot with them so many Canucks involved in the All-Star game but no problem at all uh, for them getting the job done against Carolina and that's a Hurricanes team that was playing pretty well themselves as well going into uh, that game so a nice 3-2 road win for the uh, Vancouver Canucks to me you give them this price um, I'm interested and I'm on it so I like Vancouver plus 115 uh, in this game I will say this though the one concern is I would have really preferred Boston beat Calgary the other night rather than Calgary beat Boston because I think Boston off a loss means they'll be ready for this game I'm sure they'll play well but playing well doesn't mean they're going to win you know, Vancouver's coming into this game with a point to prove as well. Both of these teams are going to be ready for this game. This isn't a we're betting one side over the other because of a lack of motivation for one side. That's not going to be the case here. Both of these teams know the other team is a good team, uh, and I think definitely you're going to see both teams play well here tonight uh, in this game. The more I start to look, though, at these two teams and the way they're, they stack up right now, I think Vancouver's roster, especially up front, is a little bit better, in my opinion, than Boston's. I mean, Boston, for, with all due respect, with uh, Marshawn and Pasternak uh, and what they can do up front with those guys, the veterans, uh, and Pavel Zaka, DeBrus Coyle. You know, I really love what Vancouver's got up front, even more at the moment. With the addition of Elias Lindholm, who, of course, what a debut, two goals in his first game with the Vancouver Canucks against his old team. It put him with Pedersen and JT Miller and Brock Besser. I think you've gotten, I think Vancouver's gotten a lot more from their bottom six consistently than the Boston Bruins have, uh, no question. So uh, I think that could be the difference here in a game like this, that I think Vancouver can get a little more pop offensively from the third and the fourth line right now compared to. Um, Boston. And you know what's scary for Vancouver is that Carson Soucy, who was supposed to be a very key addition to this blue line, hasn't played in a very long time. Wait till they get him back. Strengthen that blue line even more. Um, you've got uh, Thatcher Demko confirmed to be a net for the Vancouver Canucks tonight. We actually don't have a confirmation yet for Boston. Um, Swayman got the start against Calgary. Of course, they ended up losing that game. There are some sites projecting Linus Allmark tonight for Boston, but we have not seen that confirmed just yet. Either way, I like Vancouver, but that's not all. I like both teams to score in the first period uh, in this game, and I like first period over as well. I think it's going to be one of those games like we saw with Vancouver, Carolina on uh, Tuesday night, 1-1 uh, after the first period. So first period over hit, uh, both teams to score uh, in the first period hit as well uh, in that game. So I think you go right back to the well with that here tonight with the Canucks and the Bruins. So it's three bets for me uh, in this one. Vancouver plus 115, uh, Vancouver-Boston over one and a half in the first period, and also Vancouver-Boston, both teams to score uh, in the first period. Also, I think, worth a look here in this game. I think very similar. I think it's very plausible to see 1-1 opening period here uh, between these two teams. Uh, We got Alex back here as the, uh, the Internet Gremlins are out in full force, and he doesn't look happy at all about it. Alex, what do you think here, vancouver Boston? Yeah. Uh, I wanted to hear what you had to say about this game because this is a really fucking good game. But uh, yeah, Vancouver uh, plus money. I bet that yesterday we were talking about that. Actually, we got off the air yesterday. But like I said, at a plus price, this is uh, a team that we have to be to be on right now. And Boston's been a little bit shaky. We think they're going to round in the form. But in this spot, this this, this spot screams Vancouver to me. But I also like the first period over one and a half. I laid a dollar twenty five with that. Uh, I would take a smaller shot with both teams to score. And I would take a smaller shot with the draw as well. I could possibly see this one being kind of close, but that's not my favorite bet in this. I do think Vancouver gets the win here, but it, it should be a back-and-forth battle. It should be a really good game. And uh, I would take a, even a sprinkle with the over at 6-2. 
So uh, it's something I'm probably going to grab more in-game. I don't think we're going to have a, a goal right away. I think we'll have time to maybe get a five and a half. I'm willing to lay a little bit more juice on five and a half than go six minus a dollar ten in this spot. So that's the way I'm going to play that. So Vancouver, as far as pregame goes, first period over, first period both teams to score, and Vancouver money line. Yeah, that's exactly what I like, those three bets. I mean, I lean full game over as well, but I honestly don't like that as much because Calgary-Boston, we saw first period over, full game under. And I could see it slowing down a little bit uh, in this game as it progresses. So this is definitely one where I uh, I definitely gravitate more toward goals early in the game rather than goals throughout the game uh, here tonight with the uh, Canucks and the Bruins. But it's a hell of a game. You know, Elias Lindholm, you know, what can you say? I mean, we talked about the fact that Coming into Vancouver before the trade occurred, Lindholm only had nine, nine goals on the season. And sure enough, he gets two uh, in his Vancouver debut Tuesday night against Carolina. So, you know, maybe you ride the wave here. Maybe it's going to be a new team, new outlook, you know, fresh uh, perspective, if you will, for Elias Lindholm. And that's going to get his offense going again. Because to be honest, that's the only fault he's had this season. We know he's good on faceoffs. We know he's good defensively. He's going to do all those little things to help you win. But the one thing you could have, you know, quibbled about Elias Lindholm's season so far is the lack of goal production for a guy that has had a 40-goal season previously uh, in the NHL. But suddenly he scores two goals in his first game uh, with the Canucks. So if you want to ride that wave, I wouldn't talk anyone out of that as far as props involving Lindholm here tonight and for the uh, Vancouver Canucks in this game. Uh, on the Boston side, you know, their lineups played uh, remain pretty steady, pretty uh, – Stand pat, if you will. I still think the value currently is DeBrusque playing with Coyle and Marchand on that top line. Uh, he'd be the player I'd be more in, most interested in targeting on the uh, Bruins side for this massive Titanic matchup tonight between Vancouver and Boston. All right, next up, Winnipeg Jets and the Philadelphia Flyers. Lots of Philly money coming in here uh, in this game uh, because this price opened as high as Minus 145 to minus 150 uh, on the Winnipeg Jets. And now we're seeing it down to as low as minus 130 uh, on the Winnipeg Jets. Even minus 125, you know, is starting to show up at multiple books. So a pretty sizable move here toward the Flyers. Five and a half the total here uh, in this game. And probably some of that is the goaltending announcement for Winnipeg. Although I keep saying this about Laurent Brossois. He is a very capable netminder. You know, we got to start stop treating him like he's you know going to go in there and it's an automatic loss for the Winnipeg Jets uh, because I think that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, his numbers are very solid in a backup role for the Jets this year. Do you really want to just go heavy against you know fading Winnipeg with Brossois and Net when you see these numbers seven and three? 2.07 goals against average and a 9.26 save percentage this season for Laurent Brossois in net. The last time we saw him, he deserved a better fate. It was the first of the two games back-to-back -back against the Toronto Maple Leafs before the All-Star break. It was the game in Toronto, the game that the Leafs won 1-0 in overtime. You know, the game was scoreless after regulation. Brossois played a great game. Excellent. You couldn't have asked for much more from him uh, in that game. So, you know, you look at this spot here, and uh, Brossois, I don't mind him at all uh, whatsoever. And, you know, for Philadelphia, I was telling people the other day, you know, be careful of that spot in Florida with the Panthers because, you know, sometimes the all-star break occurs, and when it's a team that's rolling going into the break, 
oftentimes coming out of the break, you know, they can get tripped up. The, the rhythm uh, and the momentum uh, is disrupted. And similarly, a team that struggles going into the all-star break and that first game coming out of the break, that team often can use the break as a hit the reset button, recharge the batteries type of situation and come out really strong and play a better game. You know, and that's exactly what we saw from the Flyers, you know, in that win against Florida. And there's, there's no fluke to it. They actually outplayed Florida much of that game, outshot them, totally shut down the Panthers uh, in the third period while they were protecting that two to one lead. So there was nothing at all fluky or fraudulent about Philadelphia's victory Tuesday night against the Florida Panthers. That being said, you know, you would have told me that uh, a few weeks ago, Winnipeg's only a buck 25 to a buck 30 in this spot. You know, I'd be uh, very, very interested in Winnipeg. And I do like Winnipeg here. I think it is a devalued Winnipeg team right now. Look, maybe maybe this is going to be a long funk for them. Maybe because the one thing the Jets have avoided this year is a lengthy losing streak. They're now in the midst of their longest losing streak of the season. They've lost four straight. But you look at this schedule, and while the Pittsburgh game, that's not a great loss because Pittsburgh's not really been anything special. But Pittsburgh's got a sense of urgency and desperation that maybe Winnipeg, to me, when it was what I what it looked like to me watching that game, Winnipeg was not matching the intensity and desperation level and urgency level of Pittsburgh. And then once Dylan got that, you know, uh, five minute major, uh, that was pretty much all she wrote at that moment for the Winnipeg Jets in that game. So they lost that game, and the other three losses were two to Toronto and Boston. You know, so it, it's not like. Um, the sky is falling or you're losing to San Jose or you're losing to Chicago or you're losing to Anaheim or teams like that. You know, you're losing to pretty good hockey teams. Um, Pittsburgh game, notwithstanding, you know, I don't think we push the panic button yet, but I think if I'm Winnipeg and I'm coming off a very rare shutout loss because they haven't been shut out very often, I know we've got to fix this and try to get back on track sooner rather than later. We don't want this to spiral of course, Brendan Dillon's actions against Pittsburgh not only got him tossed and ejected from that game, but it also got him a three-game suspension. So he will not play tonight. He'll also miss the next two games for Winnipeg. But you have a very capable veteran defenseman like Nate Schmidt who can come into the lineup. You know, he's capable. He's been around the block, Washington, Vegas. That guy can play still. Um, it's not the end of the world with uh, Dylan out. Yeah, you miss the physical presence. But one thing you don't miss with Dylan, and Dylan's had an issue with this lately, some really too many penalties he's been taking. And of course, that was just an awful penalty that he took in the game earlier uh, this week against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes here. But I think this is a cheap price on Winnipeg. Um, I'm not buying it just yet that Philly beat Florida. Now they're going to start to go on this big time win streak just yet. I got to see it before I believe it. And actually, this is also a revenge spot for the Winnipeg Jets. They lost at home to the Philadelphia Flyers back on January the 13th. It was a 2 to nothing flyer victory uh, in Winnipeg. Sam Erson with the 35-save shutout. Naturally, he'll be in net tonight for the uh, Flyers, but I like Winnipeg here. I think this is a bounce-back situation. They haven't been shut out very much this year. Um, and like I said, Philly, they got their win against Florida. Let's see them do it again. I think the Jets up the ante tonight. I'm willing to take them here at a nice minus 125, minus 130 price. Uh, Alex is... Uh, in and out, but he's back now. What do you yeah. think, Alex, here? Jets and Flyers. Yeah, I try not to destroy everything in my apartment. Um, I'm going with the draw here in this. Uh, this is a classic draw season spot. These are two teams. Like I said, we saw with Winnipeg not giving uh, – I won't say they wouldn't were really giving a shit in the last game, but they kind of just – they dogged it 
Okay, they dogged it in, in a spot where I didn't think they would be, uh, you know, looking to dog it against Pittsburgh, a Pittsburgh team. Now playing Philly, a team that's trying to hold on to their playoff spot. It just kind of seems like, you know, the, the bottom's going to drop out with this Flyers team at some point. But I think they will be, you know, they're going to be competitive every night. They'll be able to hang on and, and play close with certain teams. And this just feels like two teams that play each other close uh, and, and, and would kind of keep this thing kind of low and slow. That's why we're seeing a five and a half total to start as well. So I like the draw here. I got it as, as high as plus 360. Yeah, I noticed that too. I don't blame Alex for wanting to rage right now. You're trying to do a show, and now it picks this time to be uh, acting up with uh, uh, internet uh, and connection disruptions. I get that. Uh, I know that feeling. Uh, it, it can't. Uh, it, it wouldn't get me very happy either. It wouldn't make me very happy either. But you know, as far as uh, props, I don't have a ton for this game. I do think this could be a. I, I definitely think Winnipeg is not a team I'm interested in betting over the total right now. Uh, I will say that right now. This is a team that is playing some real tight checking hockey. It's really what Rick Bonus wants to see uh, from this team. But you look at Winnipeg, they are seven. Um, it looks like as far as the unders, seven, uh, two, seven, one and two to the under in their last 10 games. So they've had seven unders, one over, two pushes with totals for the Winnipeg Jets in their last 10 games. And Philly, they struggled defensively before the break. Alex, as we know, and that's why they were losing a lot of those games. They got back to the way Torts wants them to play. You got two coaches that want to see 2 1 3 1 tonight uh, in this game. So this is definitely one of those. This is definitely an Ian Cameron special. Lean under so it goes over. That's <laughs> right. But not lately. There was one under. The last time I liked an under on this show, it did go under. I remember it. So that maybe that's going to be a thing of the past now where, you know, we like. Um, you know, when, when we like an under, we, it actually will hit now. But I would certainly lean that way as far as this game is concerned uh, under the total. Not to mention the fact, too, that head-to-head, the under is 4-1 and one in the last five meetings uh, between these two teams. So it does feel like a lower-scoring affair here, Jets uh, and Flyers tonight. But I like Winnipeg. That's my only uh, pregame uh, look here in this one. All right, Calgary Flames and New Jersey Devils. New Jersey minus 135, home favorites. Six and a half the total here shaded uh, to the over in this game. And of course, the big news here is the return of Jack Hughes for the New Jersey Devils. And you have to upgrade the Devils every time he returns to the line because we have data and we have games under the belt that prove time and time again that this team's record gets a lot better with Jack Hughes in the lineup. No question. Uh, without him, the record isn't good. With him in the lineup, the record is much better. Uh, and of course, he's back tonight for the uh, New Jersey Devils, uh, which is obviously enormous for them. That being said, New Jersey was able to win despite not having Jack Hughes in their first game coming out of the break. A nice 5 3 win against a very good Colorado Avalanche team. I was very impressed uh, with the Devils in that game. Uh, maybe not so impressed with Eustace Onanen, which was probably part of the problem in that game uh, for the New Jersey Devils. So, uh, but they got the job done. What impressed me is no Hughes, but. Dawson Mercer steps up and they get a few goals from some unexpected sources in that game. And that's something that New Jersey has been lacking quite a bit when they've had Hughes and or Heeshear out of the lineup. So we'll see how this one uh, plays out. Um, Calgary, on the other hand, look, Calgary with a very impressive game coming out of the break, beating Boston in Beantown, beating the Bruins four to one. Uh, and a Calgary team that, you know, you, 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 they sure look to me like they're sellers or at least retooling a little bit, but they're not completely out of the playoff mix. They, they have to go on a run. 
but you know, they've won two in a row now. And I want to say this too about Calgary, their road record this year hasn't been that terrible. You know, they only have one win fewer on the road compared to uh, at home. And we know this New Jersey team at home has had a mediocre record all season with that win against Colorado the other night, notwithstanding this team is still only 11 and 13 on home ice this year, uh, the New Jersey devils. So, this is a tough game for me from a side perspective. This is one where I would lean draw with the Flames and the Devils tonight uh, because I have no strong opinion on the side. I do think it's a competitive game, though. Uh, Jacob Markstrom is in net for Calgary tonight. It'll be Vitek Vanacek again for New Jersey, which I don't trust, by the way, uh, in this game. So I don't have much on the side in this game. Uh, even with Hughes back and the fact the Devils are better with him in the lineup, I don't want to lay a buck thirty-five with this team. I just don't. Um, so uh, I would lean Calgary, but I don't feel strongly enough to take it i like the draw sprinkle a bit on the draw what i'm really liking in this game is the totals you know and we're going to try to hit the same three bets we hit the other night between the uh, flames and the devils or the flame sorry not the flames and the devils the devils and the avalanche as i get my brain to function properly here the devils and the avalanche the other night we hit the first period over we hit the first period both teams to score and we hit the full game over in that devils avalanche game uh, in New Jersey the other night. And that's what I'm going back to the well with here. First period over, first period, both teams to score and over six and a half here with the uh, Flames and the uh, Devils here. And you can get that at around minus 110, minus 115 as far as the full game over. And I have a theory too about Calgary. I know the Boston game stayed under, but I think moving forward, look at the trade that just happened with the Vancouver Canucks. And plus there's rumblings too that Tanev and or Hannafin might be in play for potential trades. But look at that Vancouver trade. Subtract Lindholm, add Kuzmenko. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think you're going to be a better offensive team or a better defensive team? I'll tell you the answer. You're going to be a better offensive team because Kuzmenko's issue is no defense from him. He doesn't back check. He's not diligent away from the puck. His effort level and his compete level away from the puck is what got him in trouble uh, in Vancouver with Rick Tockett. That's how this trade ended up happening. Uh, Kuzmenko's not a great defensive forward. Now, he's a great offensive player, and we saw that scoring in his Calgary debut uh, in the win against Boston, but he is a liability defensively. And I think when you look at it, with Lindholm gone, uh, that's a huge defensive force for Calgary out of the lineup. And you bring in Kuzmenko, you add some offense, but you subtract some defense. That's the way I see it. So I could actually see the Flames playing some overs moving forward. Because they've got the offense now. They've got all these young guys like uh, Kuzmenko and Connor Zary. And they just re-signed Martin Pospisil, you know, to a, a extension uh, yesterday. Uh, of course, they've got Sharon Govich. And I like Sharon Govich tonight, former uh, New Jersey Devil against his old team. I think Kuzmenko, too, for props I like. Uh, Zary scored the other night as well. And don't sleep on uh, Coleman, who was pretty good during the break. Peltier's back, a good young kid with offensive upside. Huberto you know, has actually started to percolate again the last couple of games. So I really think this Calgary team, Alex, they're going to take on this uh, kind of profile, if you will, of being able to score goals in bunches. Not always a team that's going to be able to keep the puck out of their own net either, though, uh, on a consistent basis. So uh, like I said, I'm going to sprinkle on the draw, but the primary bets that I like here, first period over, first period both teams to score, and full game over six and a half. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Flames, Devils. 
Yeah, the full game over, I'm a little iffy with, but I agree with you. We'll be looking at overs with Calgary, especially once Hannafin uh, and Tanev get moved. This is definitely going to be a team that that'll be trending in that direction. But I could just see where maybe six and a half is a little steep here. I could see this one maybe being like a, a kind of a four one four two kind of a game. I like goals early. I like the first period over. I like both teams to score. But I, I may be looking at if this gets up, let's say two one after twenty. I might look for an under at eight and a half. Uh, laying a little bit of juice here. I can see where maybe this kind of slows down a little bit with the pace. These are two teams that, like I said, they are on the outside of their wild card spots. I could see where, you know, things where they, if they have a lead, they kind of would want to sit back and try to be a bit more defensive uh, and, and a little more conservative with, with their attacking approach. So that's the way I kind of look at it. First period over, first period both teams score, and maybe a, a live underlook coming back if we get a lot of goals early. All right, there we go. Good stuff indeed. And like I said, there's some good props as well, like I said, especially on the Calgary side with uh, uh, Sharon uh, Sharon Govich against his old team sticks out like a sore thumb. There's no question. You know, Toffoli, is he going to play is the big question. We know he missed uh, the game the other night against the uh, Colorado Avalanche. It looks like he's back. So there you go. There's another former team uh, player prop angle there involving Tyler Toffoli uh, against his old team. I like Dawson Mercer again, too. Uh, for the uh, New Jersey Devils. You talk about someone that is answering the bell, you know, with the, with Hughes out, someone that and even though Hughes is back now, uh, he has been playing well lately for the Devils, and he was a second-half player last year. If you remember, it was the second half of the season post-All-Star break a year ago when Dawson Mercer really started to heat up, heat up and take off for this team uh, and really start to produce in bunches offensively. So, yeah, Dawson Mercer, he scored one of their goals the other night in the win against New uh, against Colorado. Definitely think his prop's worth a look here tonight as well. All right, let's move along here. Washington and Florida. We've got the uh, Florida Panthers, minus 260 home favorites, uh, six being the uh, total in this game. Well, I was worried, of course, as you know about Florida in that first game out of the break. They were playing well, you know, really well going into the break. Break kind of disrupted that rhythm and that momentum for the Panthers, and they kind of fell into it. Meanwhile, you had a Philly team that was really disappointed with their performance going into the break, and you just had an urgent Philadelphia team and a Florida team that really didn't play their best game. They were lethargic most of the night. You know, they were well-deserving Philly winning that game 2-1. They outshot the uh, Panthers uh, 25-21 uh, in that game. Uh, I do think, though, this is a perfect get-right spot here for the Florida Panthers. They've beaten Washington seven straight times uh, uh, going into this game. This is also, you know, Washington, a team that we saw out of the break. They look pretty bad against Montreal, 5-2 in that game. Uh, Charlie Lindgren is starting to slip, you know, his play early in the and but credit to him. I mean, for the most part, he's had a great season. But just lately, you know, you're starting to see him regress and come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, in net for the uh, Capitals and not at all a surprise to see Spencer Carberry give the net back to Dar Darcy Kemper to see if Kemper can finally, you know, get on some kind of a run here um, in going into this uh, game. But right now this Washington team is uh, not in good form uh, at this point in time. They've lost. Uh, looks like uh, Washington's lost five in a row dating back to before the break. And some of these losses aren't to the best of teams. I mean, St. Louis, uh, well, St. Louis is okay. Minnesota's been struggling. Colorado, Dallas, Montreal, of course, coming out of the breaks, a bad loss, not only to lose, but lose 5-2 like that, uh, no question. So it's not a Washington team I trust. I think the Panthers, you know, will be looking to put a better foot forward here tonight. The question is, how do you want to go about it? 
I'm going to sprinkle on the first period puck line for Florida and the full game. And I don't do many full game puck lines, but I'm going to do one here at around plus 100 uh, even money here. Uh, plus 100 with the Panthers. Uh, a little bit on that first period puck line with Florida as well. Just small bets on those two puck lines with the uh, Panthers. The primary bet for me is going to be the team total uh, over three and a half for the uh, Florida Panthers here uh, in this game. So we're keeping the puck line bet small. I'm going to take a little Florida minus a half plus 126 first period. Uh, a little full game uh, puck line minus one and a half plus 100. But most of the stake is going to be on Florida team total uh, over three and a half available at minus 126 uh, here. Uh, in this matchup between the uh, Capitals uh, and the uh, Panthers tonight. Uh, Washington, by the way, four straight overs for them uh, in the series history, Florida and Washington, five and one uh, to the over in the last six games. Uh, and uh, we've seen a lot of five, three, four, three, five, two, six, three, four, three. So uh, I might grab a little piece of that over six here as well with the uh, Caps and the Panthers tonight as well. Don't like it as much as the Florida angles, but I, I will sprinkle on the over six here as well based on that. And again, Washington trending over because, look, finally the goaltending and defense that we knew was going to regress for this squad at some point, uh, it finally is happening to them in yep. recent games. I mean, everyone's lighting up this Capitals team here in the last few games. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Washington, Florida. Yeah, this is uh, one of those spots. I gotta, I, I'll have to do it later because I can't do anything right now. Uh, but I have. I'm gonna parlay. I'm gonna look for a Sam Reinhardt anytime goal with Florida regulation and see if that knocks that down to a price that's within range. I I, I would love to enter that in now and see if that's something worth betting. But I can't do that. So uh, Florida team total over is the other play that I do like in this spot. But I, I think that's. And somebody mentioned that in the chat looking at Reinhardt anytime goal. That's a good way to kind of maybe knock down some of these big favorites in the second half. How often is there going to be a game where Florida wins without Reinhardt getting a goal right now? So to have that kind of looking at some of those players that where it's not a bargain bin value, it's just kind of a regular standard. Either you're laying a price or you're getting just a short plus price, but tie that in with something that's a little bit heavier, like regulation or, or money line and maybe knock that price down. So it's something I mean, I do that too often, but I like that in this particular spot. So Florida team total and a parlay with Reinhardt and uh, Panzer to regulation. If it's in within a reasonable number, I'll post this on Twitter and, and clarify it. And of course, in the Patreon as well. Yeah, no question. We did see an Ovi goal, though, the other night uh, for the uh, Washington Capitals. As uh, Ovechkin, uh, not the uh, season that a lot of people expected, 10 goals for him, but he has scored in back-to-back -back games. Don't look now. Back-to-back uh, -back games with a goal for Ovi uh, against Dallas before the break and against Montreal. He got one of the two goals for the Capitals the other night. So is this a time we buy low on Alexander Ovechkin, the grade eight for the uh, Capitals right now as he tries to heat up for what feels like the first time all season uh, as far as goal production is concerned. Plus 220 uh, is the uh, best price out there. It still feels like for a guy that's only got 10 goals on the season, plus 220. He should be a bargain bin man right now, man, with 10 goals at this stage of the season. Ovechkin should be like plus 380 or something like that, but he's Ovechkin. So because he's a name brand commodity, you know, you're honestly getting, um, you're not getting a good price at all. With Alex Ovechkin, does, does it feel that way, Alex? Ten goals on the season. He's only plus two twenty to score a goal. Well, we said that too at the beginning of the year when he kind of started off at the slump. It's like we were waiting, like, Mel, maybe we get lucky with him being a bargain bin selection at some point, but probably not because of his name. Yeah. So he he's grossly think about it. We never bet his goal prop any any time anyway because it's just so overpriced, right? When he's hot, he's you're laying a dollar twenty, dollar thirty for him to score. 
So his number has never been of true value ever. And and even now, as he's struggling, yeah, he should be 380. A guy with 10 goals, anybody else in that spot would be 300, 400. Yeah. But because he's Ovechkin, no, no, they won't give you that value. No, it's exactly it. Yep, it's exactly it because this is going to be a guy that's knocking on the door of Wayne Gretzky's record, greatest goal scorer in NHL history, and or one of them as of right now. Uh, they're not going to make him that price. Even he, he could have two goals at this stage of the season. He'd probably still be around this price uh, as far as scoring a goal uh, with his player prop uh, on a game-to-game basis. So uh, just interesting to see that. Yeah, I mean, for Florida, I mean, it's just, you know, Reinhardt obviously has been just incredible this season. He's uh, almost been uh, scoring in every game, it feels like, for them. Uh, but don't sleep on all of a sudden, you know, Bennett and Matthew Kachuk was starting to get better going before, uh, get going before the break, Carter Verhage as well. So all of a sudden, you know, some of the other Panthers forwards stepping up, Verhage in particular. I think Verhage's probably worth a look for uh, Florida. Uh, this is a guy that can be a streaky uh, offensive player as well for the uh, Panthers. But you look at what he's been doing. He's been a point machine lately. Uh three, five, six, seven points in the last five games from him. So I think it's probably going to be a good second half of the season, if you ask me, for Carter Verhage here for the Florida Panthers uh, in the second half of the season. And I just want to say, too, thanks to everybody in the in the chat for posting it. So I'm seeing people saying between 140 to as high as 170, 190 for that regulation with the Reinhardt goal. So it'll be somewhere in that range. I'll, once I put the bet in, and I'll, I'll have that official. But anywhere in that range, whatever, whatever book you have, that 140 to 190 range is totally fine. So so I definitely endorse that. That will be a play on my card. Reinhardt goal tied with Florida to win the regulation. Yeah, the look for uh, Rich on T- Kachuk and Verhage, two points or each, uh, makes sense too. Again, I like I said, these are two players that you knew Kachuk especially. Broken sternum, give him time to get going. And he's starting to go right now for the Panthers. Four goals in the last five games. And if you go back to the January 19th game against Minnesota, Span of six games, he has uh, six, seven, nine points for the uh, Panthers in the last six games. So Matt Kachuk really starting to find his stride again. All right, Colorado, Carolina. By the way, it's uh, Kemper and uh, Bobrovsky, the goalies there. Colorado and Carolina. We've got uh, the Aval- or the Hurricanes minus 135, home favorite, six and a half, the total in this game. This is another great matchup here on this Thursday night card. Carolina looking to bounce back. Uh, I thought they played well enough to win, but, you know, close game. It's just going to be one play there, one goal there, one save there, and one, uh, you know, one play not made by uh, as far as a save is concerned by uh, Kochetkov in that game, and that was the difference. Uh, a three-two win for the uh, Canucks against the uh, Hurricanes it was a very solid defensive game both ways. Shots on goal were twenty-four to nineteen in favor of Carolina uh, in that game. So both teams really uh, tight checking uh, in that matchup. We'll see if uh, Carolina can bounce back here at home against Colorado. Avalanche have lost two straight out of the break on this road trip. 2-1 in overtime to the Rangers. And then they lost on the back-to-back in New Jersey, 5-3 against the uh, Devils. I thought they played well enough to win both games, but, you know, didn't have the offense. Quick was very good in net for the Rangers. And I don't think Eustace Onan in particular was great uh, in the New Jersey game. Uh, as we mentioned after that game ended, still a work in progress in terms of his level of play at the NHL uh, level. Uh, it looks like tonight no goalies confirmed for this game yet, but projections are Alexander Georgiev for Colorado and once again Pyotr Kochekov here for uh, the Carolina Hurricanes uh, in this game. Uh, this is an interesting one, though. you got uh, Carolina looking to avoid back-to-back 
home losses. And I know just off the top of my head, they have not lost back-to-back at home games very often. And then you look at this Colorado team. I don't know. I mean, it, uh, I don't really want to bet against them off two losses in a row. But the road record continues to be very ordinary for the Avs. And, you know, that's a little bit of an issue that they've had. They're 20-5 and five at Ball Arena. They're just 12 and 14 on the road, two below 500, you know, away from home this season for the Colorado Avalanche. So, you know, it's one of these deals where you got Carolina off a loss, don't really want to fade them, especially now with Kochekov back. Uh, Alex and I have talked about this repeatedly. We both think way more highly of Kochekov right now than Ronta or any other goalie uh, for the Hurricanes. And on the flip side, even with their road struggles, you know, I'm not rushing to lay a price against Colorado off two straight losses. You think they're going to bring a pretty good good effort here. So it would be draw for me if I'm going to get involved in this game with the Avs and the Hurricanes. I'll probably sprinkle uh, on that. Uh, as far as the total goes, four straight unders for Carolina. And now with Kochekov back, you know, you could see some tighter hockey between these two teams. Uh, and, and it is worth noting here in the uh, series history, uh, eight and two to the under. We have only seen two games go over the total in the last 10 meetings between the Avs and the Hurricanes. And both of those overs came in Denver, uh, in Colorado. The games in Carolina, 3-2, 2-0, 3-2, 3-1, I mean, all unders. So I'm pumping the brakes on over here because of that. Uh, that and Georgiev and Nat, Georgiev was excellent in the All-Star weekend. I want to say that. He played well enough in the Ranger game. You know, he only gave up two goals. There's nothing wrong with the way he played there. Obviously, we think better of the Carolina goaltending situation with Pyotr Kochekov in net. So wouldn't surprise me to see this actually be a bit of a lower scoring affair. But I'm not on the total. I'm not on a side. Just the draw for me. Alex, uh, great matchup, though. What do you think here? Avs, Canes. Yeah, this is a good matchup. And like you said, this is one of those draw season candidates. You know, uh, two teams cross-conference. They don't really care about what the other one does. They want to just get their own points. Like I said, this is a kind of a lower scoring series. So I like the draw here, but I like the first period over. I think we see goals early in this contest, and then we see things kind of slow down a little bit. So that that's why uh, at $1.40, and Carolina's been one of those teams that's been hot to the first period over, uh, you know, up and down for most of the season. I'm willing to take a shot with that, that first period over. And maybe this is another game where I look at a live under, but I definitely feel like the pace slows down, certainly in the third period if it's close. And uh, this is a good good game to have the draw in pocket. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, yeah, I would say if you're going to look at an over pregame, first period makes a little more sense because Carolina's kind of been in this pattern lately where you will see sometimes two goals in that opening stanza. And then after that, it just slows down. Uh, we saw it in the Vancouver game, of course, the other night, Vancouver-Carolina. Uh, Colorado, New Jersey, you know, we saw first period over. Now, that one did go over in the full game, but again, that's a much different situation. A lot more pace, loose defense both ways um, in that game. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case here with the Avs and the Hurricanes here tonight in this game. As far as the prop market goes, uh, I've talked about this a lot with Colorado, but, you know, for as much as Rantanen and McKinnon have been awesome, I mean, I'm never going to say, you know what, to take uh, McKinnon every night because you just don't get any value. Uh, but finally, his goal streak and his point streak got snapped, believe it or not, in that 5-3 loss to New Jersey. He had a 13-game point or 14-game point streak going into that game. Uh, it got snapped. He was pretty quiet. Well, four shots on goal, but the fact he was held off the score sheet doesn't happen very often. So usually when that happens, McKinnon has a better night. So 
again, the value is never great with his props, but makes sense uh, in terms of situationally that after a quiet game, he'd be looking to bounce back. Uh, Miles Wood, Colton, and O'Connor, you know, that second line, I think that's where the value lies with the Av props right now, the Avs props with that second line. And then for Carolina, um, you know, you can go a bunch of different ways. I like what I'm seeing from Natchez. Jordan Martinuk, who I actually took for a goal prop against Carolina, uh, or sorry, against Vancouver, uh, and he got on the board for them, although he was moved up to the uh, top line that game. I don't know if that's going to be the case here tonight. It looks like uh, Rod Brindamore shuffling him back down to the third line with Stahl and Bost, Seth Jarvis, Aho, and Tavo Teravainen expected to be the top line here tonight for the Hurricanes. Uh, Michael Bunting, Yasperi Kotkaniemi, Marty Natchez, uh, the second line here for uh, Carolina. So that's what I thought made the Martin Nuke prop all that more appealing the other night because he was bumped up to the top unit tonight. Not so much, but still getting good value. I don't hate it. Looking maybe at Martin Nuke once again uh, for Carolina tonight in this game. All right, we've got two games left. Next up, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the uh, New York Islanders. Uh, we've got the uh, Islanders minus 135 uh, home favorites in this game. Uh, total sitting at uh, six and a half, shaded to the under uh, between these two teams. You know, you look at this Tampa Bay team, and it feels like a broken fucking record at this point. Talking about the road problems and talking about the road issues with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And, uh, you know, it's been, been a season-long issue uh, for Tampa Bay. Their inability you know, to win games and beat good teams on the road. Not only are they 10 and 16 on the road this season, the Lightning, but they rarely beat good teams on the road. I mean, you you start to look at this road record. You know their last two road wins? I mean, they lose to Detroit. They lose to the Rangers uh, on the road. Their last two road wins were at Philly, when Philly was struggling and reeling at the time, and Buffalo. Now, those are the only two road wins the Tampa Bay Lightning have had recently. Uh, going into this so um you know it's just very very uh unfortunate you know to see what we've seen here from this uh, tampa bay uh, lightning team away from home they're on a back-to-back obviously after losing to the new york rangers last night three to one they'll be looking to bounce back here rest advantage obviously for the uh, new york islanders here in this game uh, against the lightning it looks like as far as goaltending is concerned because this is a, a back-to-back situation we're going to see Jonas Johansson tonight more than likely. That hasn't been confirmed, but you would expect that to be the case. Sorokin should be in for the Islanders. Not confirmed, but we expect Sorokin. I expect Double J, Jonas Johansson uh, to be in net for the um, Tampa Bay Lightning here tonight in this game. And by the way, um, our thoughts and well wishes to Mikhail Sergachev. And that was heartbreaking to hear the emotion and read the emotion in his uh, social media post after just a debilitating injury that he suffered uh, last night in that loss to the New York Rangers. And this is a guy that, as we know, has had all kinds of issues staying healthy the last uh, year or two. And once again, he had to be stretchered off the ice, left leg injury, uh, and you could see it in his voice, in his face uh, as he was being uh, wheeled off the ice there, just how devastating it is and he you know this guy just recently returned from a 17 game absence and here he is you know on a, the hit from Lafreniere uh stretchered off the ice it certainly looks like it's going to be a long-term injury again and you, you hate to see it it's just absolutely unfortunate absolutely unfortunate and I can only imagine the pain that this guy's feeling inside emotionally because I just work my buns off and keister off and to get back 
uh, and in the lineup and on the ice after being out for a long period of time. And my fucking first game back, are you shitting me? Like, who the hell hates me? What gods upstairs hate me that much? You know, that's kind of the emotions he was outpouring uh, when he made that post on social media. Like, how could this happen to me? Uh, it's just, and it's so unfortunate. He's such a good player. He's a very good defenseman. He's blossomed in Tampa Bay when they got him from Montreal years ago. Just heart wrenching, gut wrenching to see that for for the guys. So, uh, Mikhail yeah. Sergachev, we certainly uh, wish him well. And you got to wonder too: was there a lingering emotional hangover effect for the squad seeing that? I mean, he's just such an he's their next best defenseman outside of Hedman. It's not even debatable on that Tampa Bay Lightning team. You know, and to see that happen uh, to Sergachev last night, it's it definitely it definitely sends the dressing room, you know, in a, a bit of a wow, uh, can't believe it, you know, a bit of a state of shock that he's suffered another significant long-term injury once again after just coming back. So uh, I actually like the Islanders here. I'm going to take them minus 130, minus 135 in this game. I don't normally lay a price with the Islanders, but if they're going to go on a run, I think it might be now. I liked a lot of what I saw from them against Toronto the other night when they beat the Leafs 3-2. I thought Sorokin played one of his better games in net, and there is a big-time goalie edge right now in this game. You give me Johansson versus the uh, versus Sorokin. Uh, you know, right now that's an advantage for the Islanders. No question about that. You know, Johansson gave them some good starts, good reps, good performances early in the season. Hasn't necessarily been the same way here uh, as of a late for this uh, Lightning team. Uh, 3.34 goals against average, 894 save percentage on the season for him. Um, and now on a back-to-back, Sergachev's out again, which means there's more shuffling going on for Cooper on the blue line. It looks like tonight with uh, Sergachev out again, uh, they're gonna. It looks like they're gonna bring this kid Emil Martinson Lilyberg uh, into the uh, lineup tonight for the uh, Tampa Bay. Well, actually, he was in the other night. Uh, it looks like it's probably gonna be. If I look at the, it's probably gonna be Dahan, right? Dahan was probably the guy that wasn't in. Yeah, Dahan was the guy that came out when Sergachev came back in. So Calvin Dahan will come back into the lineup tonight for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. But you know, the Islanders need to make a run. Like if they're going to be serious about trying to make it into the wild card in the East, they got to put a run together, put a streak together. They haven't exactly been taking off yet under Patrick Waugh, but I saw signs in that Toronto game that maybe they're capable, maybe not so much against the better teams and, and, and the teams that are in better spots. But here you have Tampa Bay, been awful on the road. They're on a back-to-back right now an opportunity for the Islanders to build on some of that momentum they gained from the win against Toronto the other night. So I am going to be on the Islanders here, minus 135 in this game. I'm going to sprinkle on the draw, too, just because it is the Islanders after all. Uh, but you got to admit, the, uh, the the draw with the Islanders has tapered off here uh, in uh, recent games. That being said, I'll still sprinkle on it with a little bit more on the Islanders than the draw for me. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Tampa Bay, New York Islanders. Yeah, I like the draw in this spot. And this isn't just, like you said, because it's the talent. I like the draw because of just the situation. These are two teams that, like I said, desperately need to get into some grooves. Tampa has to find a way to win on the road if they want to be a playoff team. You know, it, it's not etched in stone that they're going to be in the playoffs right now. And, and if they don't find ways to win these kind of games, they're in deep trouble. And I think I don't think they're going to win this game. I like the Islanders in this spot, but I'm not betting it pregame. I'm actually waiting live. I think we can get Tampa to get a goal. I might even bet Tampa to score first goal. And then come and grab Islanders plus money because laying a dollar thirty five and, and it's that's not a terrible price. It's certainly fine and considering the spots and definitely considering the goaltending matchup Johansson uh, against Sorokin. But I think we will get some pushback from Tampa early. 
I just don't see where Tampa can hang around in these road games uh, unless the Islanders, they're the kind of team that lets you hang around the game. So that's what better teams will beat Tampa Bay in this spot, especially with uh, Johansson. But I don't trust the Islanders to just put this team you know, away and, and win five to two. I don't see a pull away from this Isles team right now, even with Wall. They're, like I said, super, you know, back to reverting to what we saw uh, in the trots era almost, the way that they're responding responding defensively. And we talk about that all the time, about how sometimes that offense can kind of fall a little bit short. So I don't see a lot of goals here. I might take a shot with under six and a half and maybe grab that at a better play, pricing game, maybe look for a, something right at the cusp of five and a uh, five half or six even. And then I'm going to go with, uh, the draw here. That's the only thing I have free game. Everything else I'm kind of looking at for some live setups here because it's going to be a good back and forth battle, good physical battle. But I think Tampa could get a goal early and I think we could look for the Islanders uh, at a better price and they find a way to win this game in overtime or shootout. All right. Interesting. I like it. Interesting approach. Interesting strategy there for this game. Um, I'm torn on the total. I want to bet when Johansson's in net and he likely will be, I want to bet overs. But I'm not rushing to bet the Islanders over right now. They've been trending under significantly since Patrick Watt took over behind the bench. And they are playing they're they're his his message to the team from day one, Alex, has been we got to play better in our own zone. And we got to get back to playing better in our own end. And he's been worried more about the defensive side of the puck and his goaltending, working with Barlamov and with Sorokin, you know, then he's been concerned about the offense and the goal scoring. And it's shown. You know, the Islanders, since the coaching change, there's been five games with Wah behind the bench, four and one to the under uh, in the five games. So that proves it right there. All right, final game of this uh, Thursday card, Vegas and Arizona. A lot of love for the uh, Desert Dogs here in this game because Vegas opened minus 160 as road favorites here in this game. They are as low as minus 135 now uh, here in this game at the Mullet uh, in Tempe. Uh, and the total currently sitting at uh, six uh, in this, uh, or sorry, five and a half, I should say, with the uh, Golden Knights and the uh, Coyotes. Um, Vegas, a huge, monstrous win for them the other night, ending the 16-game win streak of the Edmonton Oilers with a huge victory against the uh, Oilers the other night. Uh, and uh, you know that meant something to them, taking down the Oilers, ending their shot at history uh, with that victory. So there is that small little letdown factor that I worry about just a little bit here for Vegas coming off that win, taking on Arizona. But you look at the situation for the Coyotes. They have not played a game since January 27th. And this is the longest layoff that any NHL team has had uh, since before the All-Star break. So it has been a long time since Arizona's played a game. And I'm not comfortable trusting them necessarily here with that kind of a long layoff. Uh, following, uh, including the All-Star break, and then that one-week bye week that they had as well before the All-Star break. So you're talking about nearly two full weeks of inactivity since they played a game for this Coyotes team. That is a long, extended hiatus, uh, and that's not one where I'm necessarily expecting the team to be all that crisp, all that sharp going into it. Um, I'm waiting to see if Aiden Hill is confirmed, but I have not seen it yet. Uh, most uh, websites and everything I've read from the Vegas uh, local reporters and scribes, nobody has confirmed a goalie for them yet. We think it's Aiden Hill. Why wouldn't it be? He's healthy. He's your number one goalie. He's playing his old team. There's no back-to-back for Vegas tomorrow night. Why wouldn't you play Aiden Hill tomorrow night? But it has or tonight, I should say. But it hasn't been confirmed yet. 
it is Aiden Hill, I'll be interested in taking Vegas, even with my concerns about the spot coming off the huge win and ending Edmonton's shot at uh, history. Uh, I still think if you're Vegas, you look at the way they've played. They've won three of their last four. They're starting to get healthier again. They got Wild Bill, William Carlson back uh, in the against Edmonton, first game after the All-Star break. I know they're still missing some key players uh, like Eichel and Will Carrier and Shea Theodore is still out, Dora Fiev, uh, as well. But, you know, they're still starting to get healthier. And this is just way too long of a, a period of time not playing an NHL game for the Arizona Coyotes for me to want to back them. It's just way too long of a layoff. Vegas has a game under their belt. You would think that's got to be a little bit of an advantage for them. So if Aiden Hill's in confirmed in net for Vegas, I'll probably take a small piece of Vegas here, minus 135. If he's not in net, um, I would probably lay off the Vegas side at that point. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Alex? Vegas, Arizona. Yeah, right there. It's a pass if, if it's not Aiden Hill. And if it is Aiden Hill, I'll lead the dollar thirty-five. He's never played against the Arizona Coyotes. He spent four years there. That was the team that drafted him. Uh, but he's never gotten a chance to play against them. So that's an angle that we often look at and, and it hasn't come to fruition with Hill uh yet. So hope we hope it comes to fruition tonight and then we jump in on it. But if it's not, then this is kind of a game I'm just gonna let pass. That's a that's a fishy line to have. And like you said, that spot I would be concerned about Vegas laying an egg off of that, that Edmonton spot if this is two weeks later. But the fact that you just came out of the break, like how do you lay an egg at all and, and have a letdown spot out of any spot out, out of the break, even if you did end the team's record and, and beat a team you're, you know, you're supposed to be a division rival, mind you. So I don't I don't buy that. I, I think that Vegas should win this game, but the only way I'm, I'm betting on it will be if it is Aiden Hill started. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement there. Uh, Aiden Hill there, so uh, it being in net matters. Uh, and this is not throwing shade at Logan Thompson because Logan Thompson, hey, at one time Logan Thompson yeah. was, you know, He's the goalie for this team and playing great, but we just haven't seen that much uh, from him. He's been way up and down for my liking. He's given up ten goals in the last two starts that we've seen him as, as well, Logan Thompson. And you know, there right now there is a bit of a difference with him and Aiden Hill. That's just the way it is. Uh, and uh, that's why I prefer Hill. And plus the angle of him playing his old team. You know that fires up any goal. He's playing their old team, uh, and obviously he started his career, Aiden Hill, uh, with the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So that's what I'm waiting on to pounce on Vegas here, to bet Vegas is waiting on that uh, goalie confirmation here in this game with the uh, Golden Knights and the uh, Coyotes. Uh, great stuff. That is the Thursday card. We appreciate it very much. Shout out to everyone in the chat. 220 live viewers uh, on YouTube. Uh, hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. As always, make sure uh, you uh, are aware of the Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash iceguys. Just $10 per month. Our daily sides, totals, player props posted there uh, each and every day. Uh, goalie charts, totals charts, and more bonus content. We've got two videos we did over the All-Star break. We're going to be bringing a Q&A video to you on Patreon exclusively for members in the near future. And we are going to decide by tomorrow, Alex and I, tomorrow is going to be the day we decide, D-Day, if you will, the dates of the three other BetCasts for the month of February. And two of them will be Patreon exclusive. There'll be four BetCasts this month. Two that are public, free for all. Two that are Patreon exclusive. So we'll determine those dates tomorrow. And of course, the two betcasts that are Patreon exclusive, you can only watch them and join us on the stream by being a Patreon member. So sign up, 
$10 per month, patreon.com slash ice guys. And again, your $10 per month will help to ensure the show goes long term for many years to come. So check it out. Sign up patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 per month. And one of the four betcasts this month is this Saturday, our super Saturday, Super Bowl weekend live betcast, February 10th, this Saturday, 6 p.m. Eastern time, which is going to be when the Colorado Florida game uh, begins uh, on a Saturday. Uh, we're very much looking forward to that. Again, DM or email me or Alex for a spot on the BetCast on Saturday, and we'll make sure we send you the uh, StreamYard link for the BetCast before it begins. So that's 6 p.m. Eastern time, Saturday, February the 10th. Uh, that Super Bowl weekend, Super Saturday live BetCast. And of course, make sure you check out the store as well. Get your Ice Guys gear and your merch available now at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, definitely check out the store, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. I think there is a sale special coming uh, over the weekend, so that will be uh, posted and stuff on the Twitter page as well. Also, limited edition shop, check that out as well. Also posted on our Twitter page at the underscore Ice Guys so over there at X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it, and uh, check out the main shop, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. There you go, iceguys.myspreadshop.com. All right, we'll get to bargain bin special of the night and best bets in just a moment. But first, time to hear from our official sponsor uh, of the Ice Guys show, Boston Hemp Inc. All right, make sure you check them out. Boston Hemp Inc., our official sponsor for the Ice Guys show. Be sure to check out the quality products from our proud sponsor, Boston Hemp Inc., today and use promo code ICEGUYS to save 20% off all orders at bostonhempinc.com. All right, it is time for our bargain bin special uh, of the night. Uh, in this one, uh, one point from Brock Faber last night, but unfortunately not two. Almost close, but not quite with... Uh, Alex's bargain been special. Mine really didn't do a whole lot last night. Nick Robertson, he was pretty quiet for Toronto, uh, albeit uh, in for, in the winning effort against Dallas last night. Uh, Alex, what do you like tonight for your bargain been special? I don't have anything at the moment, of course, because of this whole internet outage, which, by the way, I don't know who this fucking Cloud Geo is, but it's an internet outage. Bills are fully paid. That being said, if you follow, go on Patreon.com slash IceGuys, I will have the bargain bin special listed there uh, once I get to actually looking at the entire board for this uh, particular prop. So I will have that coming later on over at Patreon. Yeah, Geo, now's not the time to be needling Alex about the connection issues. And uh, yeah, as you can tell, he's, 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 he's fed up. He's fucking pissed. Now's not the time to be bothering him about that. It is what it is. N nothing he can do uh, at this moment. It's a building issue. All right, bargain bin special uh, of the night for this uh, card for me. Uh, lots of good options here tonight uh, on this uh, slate. But uh, let me just see what uh, we've got available. There are a couple that really, really stand out here. Uh, for me on this uh, slate, but uh, 
I'm just going to double check, make sure the price points are uh, where they should be uh, for uh, the um, bargain bin special that I'm uh, eyeing here uh, in this game. Uh, I am going to go with, I'll tell you what, for bargain bin special tonight. Uh, and because of the fact that uh, we're talking about someone that, you know, scored in his Vancouver debut, I think he's got a chance to do it tonight. And he's just enough at the threshold to make it to bargain bin status tonight. Elias Lindholm, Vancouver Canucks, plus 300. Right on the nose, just enough to make it there uh, on the uh, threshold of bargain bin status. So Canucks, Elias Lindholm, plus 300 uh, for my bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bets to wrap it up. Alex, what do you like for best bet? We're going to that game, Vancouver-Boston, that's really excited for that one. I think it's going to be fireworks early. I like the first period over one and a half, minus 25 with uh, Canucks and Bruins. Should be a good one. That's my best bet for tonight. All right, there we go. First period over. Vancouver, Boston, uh, best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith here on this uh, Thursday card. Uh, my best bet for this Thursday slate, uh, lots to uh, choose from. A lot of good options here uh, on this uh, Thursday slate. I'm going to roll with the, um, let me see here. Uh, there's a lot of good ones here. I'm going to go with those Winnipeg Jets, minus 125 against Philly. I think tonight's the night they snap out of it. Uh, revenge spot for losing at home to the Flyers. Credit to the Flyers for having that good game out of the break against a very good Florida team, but I'm going to need to see it again from them. I think the Jets, after uh, they haven't been shut out very often this year, and after that 3 nothing loss to the Penguins, I think you get a response. I don't mind Brossois being in net at all. He is a very capable goaltender. I think Winnipeg digs in tonight and bounces back, and the price is cheap. Winnipeg minus 125 for my best bet here for this Thursday NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the show. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it uh, very much. And of course, tomorrow on Friday, Jimmy Murphy Friday, if you will, on the show, which is a reminder to remind all of you as well. Make sure you check out his show as well. The eye test Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern with him and Pierre Maguire. Great guests, great hockey discussion. Uh, make sure you check out Jimmy's show uh, as well. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. It's a great card tonight. Enjoy it. Good luck with your wagers. And we will see you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of the Ice Guys. 